welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. We are here with Pastor Dave Thomas. Oh, watch out. Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave. Do I, do I use your full name when I'm saying pastor? I say Pastor David. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I was thinking the other day, we've been in Psalm 23, haven't we? And it's all about David's life. And I'm like, I'm still not ready to be a David. I'm just not growing up. Uh, no. Okay. You never had that moment where you, you crossed over from being Dave to David. I literally, I wrote on my notes saying, do I need to be, do I need to cross over? <laughs> and then I just, yeah, maybe not yet. Maybe, maybe in 10 years, who knows? Who knows? I feel like, you know, David, it's, it's a big name to take on. I've got to be ready. It, to grow. it is a big name. Um, how are you doing, Dave? Mate, doing great, doing great, loving church planting in uh, mm-hmm. in Charleston. We had a great uh, Sunday actually this week. It was really great. Some awesome VIPs. God just really moving in in worship as well, which is awesome. Yeah. Great message from G. Oh, what a way to finish out the Good Shepherd series. It was awesome. It's a great series, isn't it? Mate, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved just the freshness and the depth that everybody who's communicating through the series just brought to this like such a well-known scripture but mate it was so powerful so impacting particularly that last week around the table love g preaching from the table it was so good it was so I good that, you know we're so um ready to go into battle aren't we in freedom church and uh we, we love to preach about you know fighting the good fight and all the kind of scriptures that are going to get us fired up but actually we all need that balance too letting you know of knowing that we're going to go into the presence of the shepherd he's going to lead us he's going to guide us he's going to care for us and i think that it's been so healthy for our church to just have a little bit of a focus on that over these last few weeks 100 percent, man 100 percent. it's that you can't go into the battle if you will without that you can't chase down you know without that and you know it always challenges me i think mate when i think about eternity that part of our relationship with God is what we're going to do for all eternity. You know, like the battles, the the stretches, they'll all be over. And yet it's not the thing that I always practice enough. So it's been really wow. good. That's so true, mate. It's a really good point. Uh, okay. Well, everybody, what we're covering today is our subject. I mean, you've probably seen it already in the subject header here. But we are going to cover what our relationship should be with social media. What's a healthy relationship Ooh, with social media? Come on. Media? And uh, if you'd said this phrase about just, uh, you know, about uh, 20 years ago, that people would have no idea what on earth you were talking about. (laughs) And now it's a huge part of uh, a lot of us for our daily routine every day is there some kind of connection to social media. And so it's such a huge facet of our lives. So there's not a lot of things directly in the Bible about it because uh it's it's yeah. uh, obviously something that's only just come along but there's so many principles that we can take from scripture and apply it and i think it's something that so many christians wrestle with assess evaluate lean more into lean out of and so i thought it'd be a great one for us to just think and focus on today and really say what what does a healthy relationship look like with social media yeah, and I was wondering, Dave, if you, but yeah, maybe we could just kick off a little bit about our own relationship with social media right now, what that's like, what we use, what we don't use. So, Dave, tell us a bit about you and what, what you, uh, what's your current relationship with social media? Mate, it was so funny when you text me saying, let's talk about social media, because literally two days ago, I just deleted my social media apps. All of them. All of them. 
<laughs> yeah, well, actually, what I've done, what I've done, what I'm going to experiment with is I heard somebody talking about this on a podcast not too long ago, and they said that they moved their social media to an old device so you know right. like many of us we upgrade mm. our phones and then we sell the one we recycle it or we trade it in to get a bit of cash and he said he moved his social media onto a secondary device and so he just checked it then in the morning or in the evening so i'm going to try that because i find that i have a bit of a love hate a little bit of a good bad relationship with social media i was thinking about this when i was getting ready for obviously coming into the podcast and thinking i think my relationship with social media is a bit like my relationship with certain uh, carbohydrate-based foods. Um, it's kind of... <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, and you know, mate, I have such an issue with crisps um, or chips for our American friends. Um, and yeah, it's something, honestly, mate, that I cycle through loving it and it being a benefit to my life and then other times it being a drain and something that I get into bad habits with. And uh, And so what do I use... Um, particularly, I think my main go-to would be, uh, Instagram. I use YouTube. I know maybe it's not quite like a pure social media, but I know it's a platform that lots of people use in that way. Um, but Instagram, Facebook a bit, mainly for marketplace, Josh, Del Boy, Dave, got to get a cheap deal. Um, I don't use Twitter. I know you, you're, you, you use Twitter. Um, and I'm not on TikTok either, but yeah, so mainly those platforms. But right now, I'm trying to move it over to a different device. See what happens. Okay, no, that's I like I like the thinking. That's a good idea, actually, because then it's just not at your fingertips. You've got to be intentional with it. It's quite nice. It's a good idea. Um, what about I was, you, mate? What do you use? Well, I was just thinking about you, Dave, and I remember you coming on Instagram for the first time. <laughs> We're, I'm fortunate enough to know to have known Dave for a long time, and so he was there for the dawn of Instagram. And so I remember following Dave, seeing his, his name popping up on Instagram and thinking, okay, I'm going to follow Dave and see what he's got to offer. And I remember there was this picture, <laughs> of, I think it's the first picture he posted, of Saz's bump. And she's pregnant with their first daughter, Eden. And uh, and it was kind of like grey and, you know, grayscale. We loved a good uh, Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, this is a bit weird. It's the first photo and there's just a, a bump. There's not, you know, not the rest of Saz, just, just a bump. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking, okay, that's, that's, you know, unusual. Maybe it's artistic. Dave's a bit of an artist. Maybe this is it. Um, and then, uh, hold on, there's another one. He's posted <laughs> another picture of the same thing. And then there's another one. And then we must have been four or five pictures of pregnancy bumps. And then I realised what had happened. The day thought this was a photo editing software. Yeah, right. He had filters onto these photos of these precious photos of the pregnancy, <laughs> the pregnancy, and he wasn't realizing that he was posting them out to the world. So, mate, it's come a long way since then. <laughs> mate, I'd, I'm not sure whether I have actually come a long way since then. <laughs> but yes, mate, I remember getting a text from you saying, um, do you do you know that like everyone can see these pictures that you're editing? Delete, 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 delete. Yeah, I know. I was like, get them off. What? Yeah, and I think you know it was also. I think at that time, Josh, I had I had a pretty terrible haircut as well, didn't I? Like long sweep across the front of my my hair, and I think there were several you've kind of them, you've had some great haircuts over the years, mate. I think we could do a whole podcast about your haircuts. <laughs> yeah by great being terrible at times 
<laughs> you gotta try, you gotta try things. Come on. Yeah, mate. No, I listen, I am I you you definitely have a natural ability to get technology. I I it's not my it's, it's I learn it over time, but it's you know, my disposition is kind of um I'm not there. But no, yeah, the dawn of Instagram, mate. You we were all back, we were all on Twitter back in the day. Do you remember like when it was yeah, first out? Yeah. Just Coming, coming to my side of things, yeah, the, the thing that I would use the most is Twitter. Um, and it's funny because it's not really social in terms of the fact that none of my, none of the connected people that I, there's, hard, there's a handful of us really that are on there that I know. Um, otherwise, it's kind of news, sport. Yeah. Um, it, it's quite an entertaining feed of information. And so that's my main usage. I use, um, I used Instagram uh, as well. Um, and Facebook a little bit, but honestly, not not for much. So those are kind of the three that I would I would use. But Twitter is easily the most. And I, when there was a big surge when Elon Musk was buying it um, uh, back in the autumn, the fall last year, I did. I was trying to get a few people to come. On. I was like, come on, things are changing. You know, this is a fresh start because I wanted people to come back to Twitter. Because when we had um, when Freedom was really accelerating church planting from Hereford, when we were just Hereford in 2011, and then we started pl- planting, there was lots of us on that. And there was a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. There was always, we were always bouncing off around this message, or we were retweeting something, or we were getting excited about a leadership meeting we just had. And it was actually a lot of fun. And it was kind of like, it was like plug. I remember we would come back from like a leadership meeting and you were always a bit wired after the leadership meeting. And I would kind of, we would always just go on Twitter for about half an hour, 45 minutes. Or like that, and just see you know, what everyone's saying, the hype, the energy, the, the reflections, the funny moments. It was, it was great. Um, but that, I can't even remember why it happened, but it just slowly started declining. I think in about 2012, 13, yeah. it didn't last that long. It was only a year or a couple of years or something. And then, you know, most people left after that, but um, I found it quite an entertaining, engaging thing. But um, it definitely can have unhealthy rhythms, and I think uh, you know, find it can find it addictive. And I just took two weeks off from it on on um, my holiday because I'd just come back from holiday, and it was great. And I didn't really miss it to be honest. Yeah. It was um, it's one of those kind of chewing gum things, really, where it's like you're not really digesting anything, but you can have, you know, it's like just having a piece of gum for a, for a few minutes here and there. And, um, and it does keep you connected with the world, but it's not always, it's yeah. not always a positive thing either in terms of like what you're taking on so much information about what's going on all over the world. But for the most part, that's what I use. And at Instagram, I use that for obviously keeping connected with friends and family around the world seeing what people are doing and it is really good for that um using it for church as well and just celebrating what's happening in church or yeah um one of the things that i noticed though a few probably i think a couple of years ago i, stri- I tried to start a barbarians instagram because i wanted to build more of the community of our men right across freedom church and i noticed something that there is hardly any guys i know that really use instagram yeah. a lot of them just don't really use it it's it's a lot of women on there and not nowhere near as many men. Not that in my life anyway, in my circles. Yeah. Um and so that was one of the things I noticed is actually that's really changed because again, ten years ago, 
it was very equal. There was guys yeah. and and having said all that, my brothers all use Instagram, and we have a uh, a memes chat on there. <laughs> and we we had a WhatsApp group that we never used. My brother's WhatsApp group, you just you know, like every now and again, one of us would say something, but it was pretty rare. Now we use it almost every day to just share reels and memes and just something funny. <laughs> so it's, it's actually been quite a good way to just keep in touch with my brothers who are around the world. But we probably, you know, especially being the lads, we yeah. probably wouldn't be uh, texting each other that much. Mate, I think, it, yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? How it, it kind of, it sort of comes and goes with trends, doesn't it? But it also comes and goes in different seasons of, of life. And, you know, I don't really post that much on Facebook, but now being away, you know, having moved here eight months ago, that's definitely, I check Facebook more now than I did in the UK because it's how I stay in touch with stuff. And, you know, honestly, if I remember your birthday, please don't be offended. There's only one reason why it was on social media. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. Um, but you're right, mate. It, it kind of goes through seasons, doesn't it? And I think it's interesting because I think when Twitter was first out, like you said, 2010, 11, 12, 13, we were all on it. It was like, you'd just, just be real and there'd be so much activity. But there also weren't many other alternatives. And like now, like I know a lot of people that are on Reddit a lot and they're on like other kind of platforms like that. And it's just really interesting like almost what it says about us, about why we use it and how we use it. And I know for me, like with Instagram, I think one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I need to move this off my main device is I wasn't really using it for anything beneficial, not anything unhealthy or ungodly or sinful either, but just too easy to open up the search section and troll through stuff. And and I know for me, like m my relationship with social media, the reason it ebbs and flows is because I just find myself in those spots. And so it is just fascinating what it almost says about us season of life, but also state is, yeah, it's quite interesting really. Yeah, for sure. Um uh, one of the kind of ideas that I think about often is about how we can use social media, but sometimes social media can use us. It grabs hold of us. Yeah. And it's like we can, you know, you've heard of the doom scroll where it's like your brain is just shut down and you're just um, scrolling and nothing else is really going on. And it's like you're not really taking it in or, or do you, you don't even care sometimes. Um, what What's your kind of navigating that idea, Dave, where – not letting it take hold of you how have you almost tried to master it where you have felt maybe oh i'm getting a bit i'm getting a bit sucked in here or it's not feeling like it's adding value to my life at this moment yeah man i mean honestly it it that's a yeah that's a good question but it's also not one that i necessarily have nailed cuz like even now i'm like passing it over but i was thinking about it like and there's like a parallel for me with food is that, you know, you go through times where I go through times where I've got good patterns and I've got bad patterns. And I think often I like trying to limit it where it becomes bad and mitigate against it where it's good. So, you know, we live in the land of fried chicken, Josh, don't we? And it is good. It is good. It's tasty. But a little bit like with fried chicken, I try and limit how often I eat it. So I think the only way that I've found to have a good relationship with social media is to put a limit on it. And realistically, when I find myself in seasons where I've lost that limit, that's where I, I like, okay, I've got to do something to get that limit back. So I've done different things like only looking at it 
in the morning or only looking at it in the evening or putting like a cap of amount of time because you know recently reason why i've moved instagram and facebook to my second device if you will is because i just open and scroll in it you know got a bit of time you know even just the other night um we're watching this series together saz goes to the bathroom i open up instagram like how long is it going to be 10 seconds 20 seconds 30 seconds it's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to, like, okay, that's a bad, right. the moment, yeah, you know, sure. so I think limit, limit it. And then the only other way is like mitigate against it. I think one of the biggest dangers for me, but I think for us as Christians is the voice of social media because of how easy it is and how addictive it is and how even at points seductive it is. And I don't even mean in like a, a sinful way, but just it's so easy. It, quickly outweighs the voice of god quickly outweighs the voice so if i'm in social media before i'm in my bible if i'm in social media more than i'm praying if i'm in social media more than i'm even reflecting like yesterday we had this incredible message incredible i'm sitting there this is life-changing that truth is amazing have i spent any time today meditating on that or have i opened up social media so i think for me the only way that i can have a healthy relationship with social media is limiting it and making sure that I'm investing more in the things that actually bring health to me, more in my word, more in prayer, more in worship, more in talking with Saz and friends about the things of God. And when I know now when I'm out of balance with that, you know, I can see it on my screen time. I know it in my soul. And and when that happens, I I, I kind of go, I quite go quite hard in the opposite direction. It's like a reset. I've got to hit. Um, that That's the kind of, you know, some of those, and honestly, mate, like some of the platforms I'm not on, that's not just because I don't really like that platform. There are certain platforms I'm not on. Like, honestly, for me, you know, I've given TikTok a go a couple of times, and the only stuff that's ever come my way, it's just been, you know, in- your dancers didn't get any traction at all, did they? And that was that was disappointing because when you were dancing and no one was watching, <laughs> it was it's not worth it. <laughs> You know, that's what my eldest daughter would like me to do more than anything, is do TikTok dances. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but Some for daughters me, I... are embarrassed by their bad dancing. Yours is actively encouraging you to dance. I mean, I think the world needs to see this. Well, the world probably does need to see it. Whether I need the world to see it is another thing altogether. <laughs> but, you know, there's certain platforms I just, I find, like, even the content on it, I'm just like, this This is going to drain me even more, you know? Like, so, you know. Yeah, I, I get that, mate. And I think that there's something around sometimes the, like, what's our capacity? And if you're taking on more and more platforms, I think that's one of the things that kind of killed off Facebook was just the fact that people started going over to Instagram. You can only do so much with your time rather than trawling through site after site. So I think being intentional and thoughtful about that. I think one of the things that you mentioned there that's really important for us all um, in listening to this, if, if wanting a healthy relationship, is you've got to evaluate. You've got to yeah. take a step back and look at it and just go, okay, how's these last few weeks been? How is this, um, how is this holiday been? How is this, um, how is this year been with my relationship with social media? And if we're taking those steps back to just look at the picture and just see, does anything need to change? What could be healthier? I think that, that um, that's really good for our relationship with social media. I think the other big thing is, uh, it when, and you were kind of likening, likening it to food, and it's something you consume, is fasting. 
yeah and taking break job. from and we're fasting today aren't we from food we're filming this on monday uh and there's something around that relationship with food that's so healthy by saying no just taking a break and it's not because i overate yesterday but actually there's just something about having a bit of time off that is good and healthy for our whole being so it's not that we need to kind of throw all the social media in the trash. There's some things that are funny that some things that even, you know, I remember someone talking about how we can think of it as doom scrolling where you're just, oh, you're just, you know, scrolling, doing nothing. But what often is happening is you're finding a bit of peace in your day, yeah. some, some kind of zoning out. We're, we're finding something that we can kind of latch on to that we can disconnect a little bit. So there are some good things about social media. It's not all negative. And I think sometimes that, we as Christians, we can get, oh, I just need to be rid of it. But actually, I think it's quite hard to be rid of all social media in today's day and age. So I think it's almost monitoring how much you do have. And I think if you fast regularly, yeah. it, helps it helps regulate some of your own relationship with social media and if there's any addictive tendencies in there. So one of the kind of big breakthrough moments for me, I think, in my relationship with social media was um, – having uh it was it was through reading the book by john eldridge it was get your life back great book and it was really good it was about just taking more time out and one of the things that i think about with social media is that say if i'm reading a twitter feed and maybe i i sit down i read 20 30 tweets it's like 20 30 different voices all coming my way yeah. in my life and it's like imagine going into a room and just saying right I want to hear from you, you know, and just getting everyone just to talk to you. They're just saying one or two sentences. But you're getting a lot of noise and information. It's a lot to take in. And a lot of us probably in the physical will be like, hey, I can't cope with that much information. But we do it on a screen. And you, you mentioned this earlier, Dave, but our ability to be able to hear from God. We know in that story of Elijah that God comes not in the kind of the loud mm -hmm. thunder or the fire. He comes in the still small voice. But one of the kind of tendencies, I think, of our generation uh, and those that are coming after it now is, is that we fill every bit of space with noise, yeah. with other voices. And I think that's when social media can be detrimental to our spiritual lives is because we're, we have so many voices and so, many, so much noise coming our way that how are we going to hear the still small voice? Yeah, because that's where we need to hear God. And if we're always having no moments of silence, that can be really damaging to our own relationship with God. So I think that it's not just that the the idea of using social media, the, one of the ways of monitoring it is making sure we're not using it all the time. I think we've got to get more comfortable again with silence. Yeah, we've got to be happier to not be doing anything. And even being away on this holiday for the last few weeks, that was one of the things I just, even sometimes my thumb would twitch a little bit. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm stuck in a queue. Nothing's happening. Maybe I should. And it was like really just training my mind and my body and my brain to be like, I'm not going to give in to that. No, I've shut it down. I've deleted the app. I'm not going there. I'm not going to replace it with anything else. And it was really good for me, really healthy. Even mm -hmm. coming back from that, just again, just almost uh going back on social media but not feeling the same 
connectedness as before. And I think that's one of the way, the great things that we can do to temper our yeah. relationship with social media is just fasting and just taking breaks. And we can do that for a month. We can do that for a week. You can do that for a few days. I don't often think one day is that effective. I think you need more than that. Uh, but that's, I think, one of the ways that you can master it and not let it overcome you. Mate, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, God, like if you if we liken it to food, God's blessed us with food, hasn't he? You know, I'm not being funny, mate. I feel blessed to be in a generation where I'm connected, you know, living overseas from where I'm yeah. from. Like, man, I wouldn't want to be doing this 200 years ago and not hearing from somebody for like six months, 12. It's a blessing. But like you said, it's, you know, it's a blessing to get a Chick-fil-A. Come on, it's a real blessing. But it's in moderation. And like you said, it's, I think that question you're asking about when you step back is, are you in control of it or is it in control of you? And um, I think one of the things that I recognize where I get unhealthy is not just like my habits and how often, but also the motivation of why I've, I've turned to it. You know, you mentioned about silence and boredom, but actually there are times where, you know, I don't eat massively unhealthily, but I can still feel on a day that I'm down that desire for that bit of this or that bit of that. And I know that for me, sometimes with social media, I've had to stop and challenge myself going, why aren't I turning to God? Why am I not turning to him in this moment? Why isn't prayer an option for me now? Why isn't, you know, listening to some worship an option for me now? And I think when you, like say, when you fast and you create room, I don't know about you, but when I fast food, I think, why don't I pray more in the day? You know, when when we, when we fast social media, I think there is something so powerful. I, interestingly also, mate, you know, is a spiritual dynamic and that's the most important dynamic but i listen i was listening to a podcast on a run recently is this guy called andrew huberman he's a neurobiologist and it's really interesting i don't think any faith i think he's an atheist anything like that but he was talking about the dangers of social media and he was saying that the the danger of social media is that we scroll and we move from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing with no transition so you you engage with something but you you then engage with something else and then engage with something else and what he was saying is that we've lost the art of waiting and we have this immediate and you know you want that hit maybe like when we were kids like you're looking forward to going to that party on on the weekend or that thing on the weekend and it's not going to come until saturday whereas when we can open up our phone and we can find a bit of fun and a bit of laughter and like you said that's a blessing but actually, there's something of learning to wait. There's something of enjoying that moment that's far off, that's healthy for our brains as well. So it's interesting to me that even in neurobiology and people that have got no kind of faith, they're almost saying the same thing as we're saying, which is actually you've got you've to hold off. You've got to wait. You've got to put pleasure in a place. And it's not good that it's always there and it's always immediate in your pocket. So, yeah, man, it's um, it's fascinating. I, we're in the summer holidays, aren't we, right now? And one of the any parents listening to this, you'll know the the dreaded thing of boredom for your kids on the summer holiday. One of the things Saz and I have said to our kids, we're what a month in already here in the US, and of course we're trying our best to entertain them and you know all this kind of things. But we've actually said to them, guys, it's good that you had a bit boredom. What are you going to do? And last yesterday we were trying to do a workout together, and the kids kept going, "Whoa, well, what should I do?" Well, I'm going to think to do. What should I do? And we're like, what do you want to do? What do you think you should do? By the end of it, they've started this whole creative thing that they're going to do. And they engage in creativity. 
And as a parent, it would have been easier to go, here's my phone. Here's, and trust me, I'm, I'm no saint. I do that as often as anybody else. But in that moment, we're like, we're going to let you be bored. And actually out of the boredom came creativity. And that's not going to be the case yeah. every time. But I think it's something powerful in that as well, you know? Absolutely, mate. And I think that there's, there's definitely something in that in terms of parenting. Because we are a generation that obviously had social media introduced to us. So I remember, I think it was 2006, I got a Facebook page and that was, oh, I had Bebo before that. Did you ever have MySpace? Did you have a Bebo page? No, I missed MySpace. Oh, I'm just a bit older, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just that touch, touch older. Um, but did you have a Bebo? Mate, I was too old for Bebo. I was my, I went, I jumped, oh, I went from MySpace to Facebook. You know, Bebo was like, I just missed it. Yeah, yeah, for us younger ones. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, we went Bebo, and then I remember getting Facebook. It was right around us getting married, um, so it must be two thousand six, and uh, and it and then and now. So I was twenty at that point, but then now I'm raising kids that will at some point probably want a social media page. I don't know about you, Dave, and what your thoughts are, because I know almost uh, your daughter, she's Eden, she's a lot more aware, isn't she? And it's much more of a thing. My boys are blissfully unaware at this point in time and are not really interested, but I, I know that things will probably change in the coming years. Uh, but thoughts on raising children with social media? What are, Have you guys talked about what guidelines you're going to have in place and what you think is right and healthy for them? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a huge question, honestly. And yeah, Eden is, you know, she's she's matured a lot in this last season in particular as well. She's grown up a lot, thinking the process of moving. And yeah, there is a, a question for her of like, when can I and what about? And I think, firstly, I think Saz and I have decided to separate the question of phone as a device and social media, that they're not symbiotic, that, you know... Yeah, right. She could actually have a device before she's on social media, for example, or, or maybe even the other way around. For us, um, I think we, well, I know we've decided that um, we, she can have, she'll have a phone probably in the, you know, the not too distant future. We're testing it at the moment. We have uh, one of our old phones that she has access to, to have a, you know, an iMessage group with some friends and some family and, you know, there's been days where her habit with that has gone beyond what we have been happy with. And so we've said, hey, OK, that's protracted this being fully yours. Um, so I don't, we haven't actually set a date yet fully when perhaps she would have her own phone. But we're just starting to let her use it and trying to teach her to put it away and teach her that actually, you know, you don't just pick it up in the morning. You know, and it's, it's amazing how just automatic and honestly, Saz and I model that. So we've got to change in that. Um, but I think what she's 12 now, it wouldn't surprise me if by the time she's 13, she has a device, you know, we haven't made that decision yet. Um, but actually when it comes to social media, we're thinking that that is going to wait even longer. Um, and again, we, we I don't want to speak for that. We haven't fully decided, but I think it wouldn't surprise me if we even said, Hey, you're going to wait to 15 or 16. And that sounds radical, you know, in the world that we live in, um, but the evidence, you know, the evidence is out there, Josh. The evidence is out there yeah. that so the way social media is wired, and I totally agree with you. I don't want to be one of those Christians that shames it, and it's all terrible. But the neurological evidence, the behavioral evidence, is that we are so not ready for it in our young teens. It the the the, the way it's wired. So 
I don't know if you know this, but Kate Winslet, a very um, well-known British actress, do you know about this, Josh? That there's a whole documentary. Yeah, the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's and it's basically all around the challenges her daughter had through engaging with social media oh. early, and it's a very moving. She actually Kate won an award for it, and her daughter gets up on stage and talks about you know how grateful she is for her mum putting this out there, um, and basically you know even in that secular documentary they're saying parents not even at 16 you know the human brain so again if you're a parent and your child is on social media don't feel condemnation in that right i'm i'm not sitting here saying we've made that decision but i think it's a really important question to ask because the human brain is not ready for that stimulation you used a great example josh you know 20 people walk in a room and you can't hack it as an adult what about let alone a teenager so yeah, we haven't made decisions, but I think, honestly, social media, we think, would probably ask her to wait even longer than after she has a phone at this point, I think, honestly. I think one of the huge things around social media is comparison as well. Yeah. And just she is that's already a huge thing growing up as a teenage, especially a teenage, teenage girl, I think teenage boys as well, comparing and seeing uh, what what other people, how people are received and what people are commented and how many people get likes and all this stuff and how that is so amplified in, in, in a dangerous way to uh, through social media. And I think that's one of the things you have to really just careful of and monitor as parents and those things you can like turn off likes and, and, and things like that. So, you know, getting around. But I think one of the one of the really important things as parents is just having eyes open and being really intentional, not just letting it happen, knowing what your children are being exposed to. But just coming back to everybody, uh, I think that comparison, jealousy, I think are real things that can come out through social media, 100%. seeing what other people have got, seeing how uh, people are received and responded to on social media compared to perhaps something you post. And it's, again, what are we feeding there in terms of our, how a, like our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being? So I think those are some of the dangers. I think that other dangers that come to mind for you, Dave, on social media, anything else? I, I, think, um, I think I was thinking about this, and I think, you know, obviously social media, there are some really obvious dangers. One of the things, if you're part of Freedom Church, I've shared this story before, major breakthrough in my life about 15, 16 years ago was getting set free from a real issue with pornography. And um, it's interesting, in the last few years, as I continue to support and pastor people through, particularly guys, through this, the vast majority of guys, it's on social media, they're actually engaging with that content so i think there's some out and out you know we know it there's there's violent content there's unhealthy content and because it's so easy to scroll and maybe we just scroll past it quick it still can impact our our minds but i was thinking about it one of the subtle things that i think is huge is the tone of social media so I, i did some study a few years ago about you know public speaking and found out that statistically there's three things that people listen to when you're speaking to them their body language their tone and the content of what you're saying and the content of what we're saying has the least impact body language has the most and tone has the second and it's over 56 percent of what somebody's listening to when they speak to you is your body language 34% is your tone and less than 10% is what you actually say. And here's the brilliant evidence of this. If you've ever had an argument with your spouse, your parent, your child, it's not what you said, it's the way you said it. Okay, there we go. And um, 
And what I think is powerful is we often look at the content of what's being said, but we don't realize that the tone of what's being said is influencing us even more. And I think there's a tone, the, the tone of insecurity, the tone of fear, the tone of anger, the tone of judgment, the tone of jealousy. We might say, oh, well, I'm not really watching stuff that's out and out bad, but is there an undercurrent? Is there an undertone? And interestingly for me, you know, I'd just be honest and vulnerable, you know, in moving here, I, I let my physical health slip. I got into some unhealthy rhythms with, with food and lacking exercise. And I put on a bit of weight. And, um, you know, I love exercise. I love those kind of things. I'll turn that round. But one of the reasons I decided to move Instagram off my phone was because I would follow workout videos, gyms, you know, work. I was realized that even though I wasn't watching videos that were literally saying to me, you're overweight, you're ugly, you're not. That tone was coming through just by watching those videos. And actually my self-esteem and my sense of shame was increasing um, in that. And so I think we've got to watch for what's the tone, mate, great one. What, what's the tone around faith? Like I think cynicism is a tone that runs through social media videos. What about authority? What about leaders? So I just think it's a subtle thing that the tone of social media, the tone of what we're watching, the imagery of what it might actually be having an even greater impact on our minds than the out and out content itself. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. So one of the things, Dave, that I think feel like this is particularly a Facebook thing, but people can move into a bit of debate Woo! and making a point. And I think that one of the things for me, having watched people move into perhaps expressing opinion, is there's not many times, it, it can happen, but I think it's rare that that has been a helpful forum yeah. to have those kinds of conversations. So it's not that it's wrong to ask the questions or even to answer the questions, but there's something about the faceless environment, the ability to be able to have any length of time to be able to respond that it doesn't often bring the best out. And I follow uh, a number of people on Twitter and I find that people don't really change their opinions, what they follow and retweet or get excited about are things that amplify yeah. and confirm their opinion rather than, things that challenge their opinion, mm -hmm. that they're open to change, they're open to listen. And that's on, you know, both sides of every debate. So I think that even for us as Christians, thinking about do I, I'm, I'm going to let them know. And I can't tell you how many times I have personally had that conviction of like, I've got to say something. I'm, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hammer this out. I'm going <laughs> to write something. And then I've taken some time and reflected on it. What's the difference going to make? And I remember one time I saw something online on Twitter that I, I responded to and I decided, uh, so I, I sent post. I was just, I was feeling fired up and I was like, this isn't right. And then I, my phone started blowing up with responses because it was like a public discussion. And I was just like, this is not good. I need to quickly... <laughs> like delete this like what 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 good was i going to gain out of this the people that agreed with me were all cheering the people that had already disagreed with me weren't going 
oh, you actually make a good point. Or they were coming in and absolutely hammering me. And so I thought, there's nothing good that can come out of this. But it was so easy to fall into the trap of, yeah. oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to let them have it. They, they need my voice and I'm going to, I'm going to really make the difference here. It's often for our own sense of gratification that we express that debate, not to actually help change the tide on something, but often because we feel better for having expressed ourselves or corrected something. Yeah, mate, it, you, it's a spot on. And honestly, it's such a danger zone for us, I think, as Christians, particularly, um, you know, let's go there, particularly around key political moments of, of the years and the seasons, key events. It, it's massive. And anything, I, I think, you know, what did Jesus say? They will know about the love of God in the world because of how you love each other. So Jesus is saying that a witness of the gospel is how we love each other as as Christians. So if there's anything that's going to increase division between us as believers, I don't think that we can match that up with the word of God as God's heart. Now, again, does that mean that we all have to agree? Does it mean we're all get, we're not going to need to have tough conversations and navigate things where we're, we're a different you know ends of the spectrum? No, absolutely. That's that's part of it. But we do it in relationship. We do it with love. We do it face to face. We do it with equity. We do it with the goal of being one at the end of it as, a, as, as something of the, of the gospel. And I think, you know, sort of combining what you're saying there with the point I was making about tone, there's such an anger. Oh, man, you just, yes. need, to, you just need to put the flame near to the paper and it's woof. And it, it goes up. And I think, you know, I think we have to ask ourselves a question of is what I'm about? to write filled and a fruit of the spirit is it full of love is it joy is there patience is there kindness is there gentleness is there faithfulness is there self-control and if it's if it's not filtered with that is it coming from the spirit or is it coming from the flesh and you know like we talk about it don't we josh talk about being bold and standing for our faith and there are times we're going to have to do that but i think rarely social media is going to be the place to do that and you know, I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's, and I think again, you know, I think it's easy to feel like we've witnessed behind a keyboard. I think it's easy to feel like we've we've preached, but actually, mm. have we gone next door? Have we gone? Have we have we had dinner with that neighbour? Have we had a coffee with that person? Have we built relationship? Um, so much of what you're talking about destroys equity with people in an instant. And again, I don't agree with cancel culture, et cetera, but, you know, too easily can we walk into those things with a, with a comment, with a like, and, you know, there'll be other people who say, oh, that's just fear. You're just being afraid. Um, I think there's a big, big gap between fear and wisdom. And, um, you know, it's, we've got to operate in that wisdom. It's really good, Dave. And I think that one of the important things for us all to do is when we're connected with social media is... Think about what you're consuming from. So you can go onto any social media platform and edit and uh, what's the word? Arrange really what you're what you're consuming, who you're following, uh, what you're accessing, and think about what am I feeding from. If you follow someone really angry on Facebook and it comes and you come away from it upsetting upset or feeling angry yourself at their response 
you've got to think, what is the value of me feeding from this on a regular basis? And I think that having a, a review on unfollowing or muting people if you don't want to upset them. I don't think that's such a big deal now, but it used to be a big thing. You unfollowed me. <laughs> uh, I, I think that there's something around our health of just saying, I'm going to disconnect from this stream of information that's coming my way. Maybe I'm going to point to a few more that are going to be more positive for me. And I think that's a really important thing to to be mindful of. But when we're posting things to be thoughtful, I thought that was that was great, Dave, to be respectful. Does it need to be said? I think for me, one of my checks and balances that I always have if I'm going to post something on social media is would I be happy in five years, 10 years if this was read out in a public forum? Do I feel if I can't say yes to that, then I shouldn't post it. If there is 1% of doubt in my mind about what I'm about to post, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing for me as well of just thinking I'm only going to do something if I can feel absolute certainty that I feel a piece about it. So often probably leads to the reason why I hardly ever post. (laughs) I let things don't pass the threshold. Um, But but just last. Yeah, I I think it's so, so right. Um, But I was thinking about this recently and I think that we often post in defense where we're trying to Mm. keep hold of something, where we're trying to defend something. But I was thinking about this recently. I felt God like challenging me about those who want to keep their life will lose it. But those who will lay their life down will gain it all and more. And I I wonder whether another good filter is, is what I'm about to post about positively sharing the gospel or is it just about holding that line? No, you're wrong. This is right. Don't you come near me. Mm. And I think that that is such a key. We like you. You're right. We create these echo chambers and then we want to hold the line and hold the ground. And I'm going to repost that thing because, you know, then it's going to tell somebody. But actually, Jesus says, go and give your life. Go and give your life to the world. Go and give. Go and lay it down. And in the cause of the gospel, in the cause of, you know, seeing people find salvation. And I think for me, with like some of the posts that I want to write sometimes, I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to defend something. Or am I trying to actually share something in the into the world and be evangelistic with what I'm doing? And I know that that won't be the case for everybody, but that's been a challenge that I've been sort of feeling recently. And again, mate, honestly, Josh, I hardly post. I'm so inconsistent. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> you know? And I think just to come to, to close this really, Dave, I think that I just want to talk about the some of the, the kings and purposes of social media to finish, because I think that like anything in the world that's been invented, it can be used for good. It can be used yeah. for evil. I think that what we have to do is keep waging war for good. There's so many things that can be temptation. They can create jealousy. They can create anger. They can create uh, division what is it that we can use it for for good because i believe that's always going to be more powerful yeah. however uh i think that often as as christians the easiest thing for us to do is say it's hard being on social media so i'm out yeah and i'm not going to engage and i'm not going to post and i'm not going to share anything and i think that it's a challenge for us and, and again, we don't have to take responsibility to do this all the time. And I think like we said earlier in the podcast, it's very important to take breaks and to, and to maintain your own 
health first of all. So to finish off, Dave, I just wanted to ask you really what your thoughts were on what are the kings and purposes of social media? Where can we use it for good? What, why should we as Christians bother? Um, yeah, Matt, I think it's a really good question because, um, like you said, most of the things we struggle with are uh, can be strengths. So I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is use social media to stay in touch with people and relationship and you know and you know if it starts to stray from actually staying in touch with people that you actually have relationship with and you're spending more time on social media than actually talking to real people around you that's always a good filter so i think stay in touch i think second one use it to encourage use it to encourage you know comment on um i often don't comment on stuff online but i'll send people a whatsapp and I'll send them something, hey, that was so good. I, you know, because one of the things that I've found is, you know, I would tend to get, you didn't comment on my thing. So I'm like, okay, well, sometimes I take it to WhatsApp. But I think use it to encourage, um, use it to empower. So like if you're going to share something, share that, that's impacted you, share it. Um, and, and I think where you cannot make social media about you it's going to be healthy. So don't post something to get a like, like I, you know, I hope this doesn't put anybody down, but you know, the, the great picture you took yourself in front of the sunset and it's like, God's mercies in you every morning. I'm like, make it about God rather than about you in that. But you know, exactly. Yeah. You can go back on my social media. There's plenty of pout selfies you'll find. I've I've been guilty of it. Make it, make it about others, make it about God. And you know what? enjoy what you enjoy in moderation like you said you got your memes i got my uh my crossfit workouts enjoy it in moderation and and assess it and when you know it's going over that unhealthy level then you know do something about it and, and get it in balance i think that one of the principles that jesus teaches us is about shining a light in the darkness and i think that when we are scrolling through that there's some people that might follow you where you might be the only Christian they follow or someone that's really following God or being intentional around faith. And it's remembering that they might have been through all these other things and making them jealous or angry or provoking some emotion. But what about if when they come to your post, it's actually something positive, thankful, grateful, I think it's representing kingdom principles in in the way that we post, in what we write, and what we say. I think even the purity of what we post. You know, if you, you know, they're not not there posting with you and your your girlfriend in not you know in a bikini or something at the beach. It's like, do you know what? It's probably probably not helpful to be posting stuff Amazing. like that. So we we need to think about. I think posting testimony, posting like church. For us as Christians, it's a huge part of our lives. But if we never see it on our social media, it, it almost looks like, why do you post about, right, I'm back at the uh, the CrossFit. Oh, here's my next workout. Here's what I've done today. But you, we never hear about your morning at church, what the message was about, what God was doing that day, this new worship song that you enjoyed. It's so true. It's almost like it's not, it, it's not fully representative of what's valuable in our lives. So it's not that we have to post a daily testimony, but there is something about making sure that faith is thread through what we post, that it's truly representative of our lives, not just, oh, these are all of my non-faith things, because actually there's a there's a falseness to that. If faith is truly a part of your life, it's of making sure that Good it's job. represented in the tapestry of your posts and your feeds. 
and people are watching. Sometimes they won't like, sometimes they won't comment. But I have known people that when they've been going through something, they reach out to the person they haven't spoken to for years because they know that there's someone who knows God, that follows God. They've seen it in their lives. They've seen the, the life that they're living through social media. And when the chips are down, when things are tough, they reach out to that Very person true, and they say, can I talk with you? So they, they haven't liked, they haven't commented, you haven't heard from them for a long time, but they're watching. Yeah. And I think that just to encourage you, if you share a scripture or you share something about your gratitude to God, don't always measure things on the scene, on the, oh, well, you only have these many comments or these many likes or this much engagement. Think about it, just keep shining your light and seeing how God will use that in time. Just keep keep sharing it. Mate, I th- mate it's a fantastic point. Interestingly, I, I had a friend that I was trying to reach, you know, over a number of years and then found out that he'd started following worship artists and people that were like, and like, I had no idea. It was like, oh yeah, I just I really like the music. I hadn't come to church at that point, hadn't, you know, but there was something that they were engaging with around the the presence of God, you know, and it's in their pocket. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I watch these when I'm a bit down, you know, and it's like, I think it was something they saw that I'd shared or somebody else had shared and then it gone from there. So mate, I think you're 100% right. We're sowing seeds but the seeds we sow have to have, you know, faith. They have to have purpose. I also think, Josh, one of the other things is, you know, the kingdom purpose of of realness and not fakeness. And actually, sometimes when we share, do you know what? I was having a really tough day, but it was this word at church that really broke it through or that somebody prayed for me. Sharing those testimonies can be so powerful because nine times out of ten, people are turning to social media for an escape, for an answer for their, you know, for a bit of peace in in the tough day. And so, again, I think, you know, if all that we ever post is like, look how perfect my life is, you know. And again, there's wisdom in how how we share. But I think is that that power of testimony gives way to, to witnessing. So, mate, I love it. I think shine your light is so good. Mate, I love it. Come on. Uh, we're actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try something a little different for next week's episode where we're going to take some questions, Ooh, come on. if we get enough questions. Sometimes you put these things out, Dave, and no one ever responds. But we're going to put out some uh, some questions uh, that you can ask us on social uh, about social media around this subject. Maybe it's something that we've covered today. Maybe it's something that we haven't covered. But if you've got any questions off the back of this podcast today, you can email Josh dot snowzell s-n-o-w-z-e-l-l at freedomchurch.cc and you can send us in a question and we will come and bring those next week if we have enough if we don't have any we'll do something else uh but that's the plan for next week we're going to come back and we're going to come back to this subject again and ask more questions so dave you up for that joining us next week love it come on bring them on bring them on send them in great stuff i hope that's been helpful everyone and we'll see you next week for the freedom podcast thank you see you team